yeah, obviously we're quite good at football as well. Hello and welcome to Fucking Great, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. I'm Jack Wood alongside Tom Clark as ever. Hello, Tom. Hello, Jack. How are you? I'm I'm okay. I'm, I, I say I'm okay. I'm actually a little bit upset because it is the first podcast we've done where Arsenal have lost. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. I, I don't know how to do this. What do we? What do we? How do we? How do we do this? I've never done this before. No, Arteta's got to go, mate. <laughs> Hashtag Arteta out. Yeah, I forgot. That's how we're supposed to start. It, it yeah. was a. It was a very frustrating night away at Villa Park, and I think that's the overall kind of vibe of the game. Really, it was just frustrating. I don't think we played too bad. I think we were the better team, mm-hmm. and I think on another night we could have, possibly should have at least one decision that go for us, which changes the result of the game. But same old story, really. We didn't quite have that bite in the final third um, because, you know, we, we did have some chances. You think back to Martin Odegaard in the first half. Mm-hmm. He could have sent Emmy Martinez a postcard as to where he was going to put that ball <laughs> when, the, when the ball got pulled back to him. Um, and I'm not saying it wasn't a good save because it was, but it, he shouldn't have had a chance to save it. So I think it's just an overarching theme of this season of just not quite not quite being on it in the final third and leaving ourselves to the footballing gods, a.k.a. the people in the VAR room. <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much, yeah. I mean, listen, we'll go on to VAR in a minute because I, I, I don't want to go too much into it um, because I, I feel like otherwise, if you do that, then you just spend 40 minutes of every podcast episode we ever do talking about it. Um, but we will go on to it in a minute. But what I would say is, I agree with that. Actually, is I think in a lot of in a lot of games this season. I mean, I saw a stat yesterday. I think it was out of the last thirteen goals that we've scored, twelve were scored by different players. There was only one player who'd scored two goals in that period, and that was Havertz, which shows our 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 um, uh, ability to find goals from all over the pitch all across the front line from the midfield players from the back popping up and scoring goals which is great however you do have an issue whereby sometimes that isn't enough and sometimes what you need is a prolific striker who when the game is tight and you're playing it by the way Villa really 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 good team and when you're playing the top sides you need someone who you can be confident is going to pop up in the right place at the right time and get a goal when no one else can get near it and you know, how many times last season did we see it where City were looking a little bit, eh, looking a little bit meh, and then Haaland just pops up and scores one because that's what he does. Salah used to do the same and still does the same for Liverpool when they're just needing something. They, all they need is one moment of, of goal-scoring brilliance to, to win the game, and we don't have that because we don't have a prolific out-and-out number nine. As much as I love Gabby Jesus, and we waxed lyrical about him in the last episode, as much as I love him, he is not a prolific number nine as a, as a goal scorer. And games like yesterday, games like that, that's when you need that. You need a number nine who's going to pop up in the middle of the box when the game is tough and he's going to nod it in the back of the net. Yeah, it was... I'm going to use this word a lot. It was just a frustrating night. It, But it, in a weird way, I, I was watching the game and I was just like, there's not... There wasn't a moment where I felt nervous. Even when they scored and the place was rocking, I never thought, fuck me, we're in for a game here. Because I think, I think yes, they, they, they scored their goal after six minutes or whatever it was. And looking back at the goals on, on Twitter, on YouTube, it was, a, it was a very well-worked goal. There's obviously things in that goal 
that we could have done to avoid the situation, but fair play to them. They played it all the way out from the back, all the way up the pitch and scored. You know, you, you, you think about the, the number of times we scored goals like that under Emery. You know, the the Leicester game springs to mind and we beat them 3-1, I think it was. But people forget that, I think, and they actually look at Emery as more of a kind of defensive-minded manager, which at times mm. he was. But we scored a lot of brilliant goals during his period at the yeah. club. We really, especially that first six months or so, we really, really did. You're right. That's mm. exact, That's his MO. Well, I, I never thought we were out of control. We were, we were the better team last night and it just didn't go our way. It just It just wasn't quite clicking and I thought we were... I thought we weren't brave enough, especially in the first half, because that ball, uh, whether it was just straight over the top or diagonally over to Martinelli behind concert, was on almost every single time we had the ball. And I think when we came out in the second half, we were consciously picking it into that area a lot more. Like within 45 seconds of the second half, we'd, we'd played that more direct ball over. And I just think we needed to be braver on the ball because they were playing such a high line. And yes, they did defend well. They did catch us offside a lot. But I think after maybe the first 15, 20 minutes, we really kind of sussed them out and figured out where we could hurt them. But we just didn't do enough of it. That's what I was going to say. Is I, I, I agree with you mostly. What I would say is after the goal and the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, I was a little bit worried. Because they went one nil up and the crowd was right on it. Because he would be. They'd just beaten City four days ago or whatever. And now they were beating Arsenal. And, you know, it, it, they were right on it. And they were playing well. And they were, you know, it was. It reminds me a lot of when you go to Newcastle and St. James's Park. And that first 10 minutes of the game, you've got to get through that first 10 minutes. That's what you've got to do is get through the first 10 minutes at St. James's Park. And you'll be all right after that. But that first 10 minutes, they're, they're, the team are up for it. They've been clearly sent out to go at us from the off. And the crowd are right up for it. And and I did fear for us a little bit. I did, but we took control of the game really well after that. We we, re, we you know I was genuinely very very impressed with how we performed after the goal, um, especially after the first fifteen because I thought we were completely in control of the game. I thought we I, I still think we were the better side. I still think we should have come away with probably a win, um, but you've got to be more clinical. And and it is incredibly frustrating. I was saying to someone earlier, actually, do you know what? Sometimes I kind of wish that we just go out and get battered. You know, if you get if you get beat three 0 you're gutted about it, you're pissed off about it, but you're not frustrated. You're not you're not constantly going over every chance, every minute of the game, thinking, oh, we could have got something there. Because that's how I woke up this morning. Was thinking, oh, do you know what? If we'd just done this, if we'd just done that, I've heard of God had just been a bit more clinical. If we'd just been a bit quick, it's frustrating more than anything else. And there's um, no I shame in losing to Villa because they're brilliant. But it is your frustrating is the exact right word for it. And I'm I'm going to sound like a a football bro on Twitter here and say my my new my my new favorite phrase is Arteta's coach to win here. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think I think that's what happened last night. I, I think do, yeah. Barring the first ten minutes, everything went pretty much to plan. After the goal, Villa created very very little. We contained them very well. Couple of half chances in the second half. But other than that, it was just not getting the ball in that danger zone in the penalty box. Exactly. The whole was, game. Yeah. Um, the, only thing, the, the only thing I think we could, have, we could have probably done better to begin with was, was try and take the sting out of the game in the first 10-15. Mm. And I don't think we did that well enough. Yeah. But, but aside from that, yeah, you're right. We, we, there was nothing more game plan wise. We were, we were spot on, really. You know, you know you're going to concede chances to teams like Villa. I've seen a lot of people go, oh, you know, Villa, every time they went forward, they looked dangerous. Well, that's because they're really good. You know, they, they they did look dangerous when they went forward. Leon Bailey is a very good winger. 
Mm. And 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 Ollie Watkins is a really good striker, and they and T. Lemons is a really good playmaker. They've got the, the, the no mistake. That there's the reason they're third. They're Honestly, really what, good what, side. G- what Gerard was doing with that squad? What was he doing? Well, that, I mean, you got to come away with it and go. What in Christ's name was he? What was he teaching them on the? What was yeah. going on on the training pitch? Mm. Um, they've got some really good players, and they're drilled really well. And that's why we can. That's why we can see the chances. They, of course, they look dangerous. You know, you you can't expect to go away and go away to a side like Villa and completely nullify every attacking, you know, threat mm. they have. It's not going to happen. But um, but you're and right. Like, uh, aside from aside from that, we we coached. It was. It, you're right. He did coach a win. We on an, on another weekend, on another day, we win the game because we put two or three of our good chances away. Yeah, and that that brings us on to the the topic we're both really looking forward to talking yeah. about. Yeah, and the chance that we did put away, and the chance that we should have had to have a penalty. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll start off with the Havertz goal, and as frustrating as it is, I think by the rules. It's right. I'm. I'm. Someone's going to have to get in touch and tell me otherwise. <laughs> but I think if Enketia puts the ball in, it, the goal stands because it's not directly leading to someone scoring. But then the the other slight bullet point I have with it is the ball touches Cash's arm first. Yeah, it seemed to, didn't it? Um, it, well, yeah, it looked like it. Like there was bodies everywhere. I think it's one of them where if it, well, I say I think it's one of them. I, I'm unsure if the referee doesn't give it on the field, it gets disallowed. So from what I understand, you're right because if if Enketia puts the ball in, it's it's fine because he's not. The, basically, if a VAR review goes up, goes on, and the goal scorer doesn't handball it, it's a goal. However, that only occurs if the goal was already given. So because the goal wasn't given to begin with by the on-field referee, I don't think that plays a part. So basically, it all stems from the fact that the goal was ruled out on the on, by the on-field referee, right? And you can watch that back tens and tens and tens of times, and I have, because that's how obsessive I am about this kind of stuff, because of aren't we all? That's why we love you. That's why you're on the pod top. Yeah, yeah. i absolutely obsessive about it, as we all are these days, because you get 15 different camera angles. And do you know what? The majority of the time, you see 15 different camera angles, and you can kind of make a 90% sure decision one way or the other. But that is one, much like, apparently, what the Newcastle goal against us, where genuinely I watched it over and over and over again, and I can't tell you. I can't tell you if it's a goal or not. I can't tell you if there was an infraction there. I can't tell you if there's a handball there. So I want to know, firstly, how in God's name the referee could see that straight away. Because I... I've seen it tens of times and I've no idea how he sees it in real time in the position that he's in on the pitch, by the way, how he sees that handball. Well, well, that's it. There's, there's, two, there's two sides to that coin, isn't there? It's, one is he's seen the smallest little glance on, it looked like uh, Havertz's wrist, maybe the, the bottom of his hand, like yeah. the tiniest glance. Yeah. And you think, fucking hell, what a spot from the referee. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that is upon looking back at all the different angles, He's almost directly behind. Yeah, is it Erdegaard at the edge of the box or something? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not convinced he sees it. I, I, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not calling conspiracy. I'm not calling corruption because mm. I'm, I'm, I don't believe, I don't believe that's. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in that boat as well. By as, the way, as, as much as, as much as we feel hard done by, and we did after the Newcastle game, and we do after yesterday, as much as we feel hard done by, I know Wolves fans who feel like they've 
might as well not play the rest of the season because it seems like every goal they score is ruled out and every goal they concede is given when it shouldn't be. I know Man United fans who've, who've seen decisions taken where every club and every fan thinks their club is the target of a conspiracy. I mean, I've just watched Man United Man City play Luton and how in God's name there wasn't a sending off for Luton, I have no idea. Because one of their mm. players, I don't know who the player it was, but he goes in two-footed lunge on, on a Man City player in the middle of the park and nothing, just nothing. And I, I don't understand that either. Every club and every fan thinks they're the subject of conspiracy. This is not a conspiracy and it's not corruption. I don't think. I might be proven wrong in five <laughs> years with some huge expose. I don't know. <laughs> but to me, it's just in, it's just... A lot of the time, it's guesswork, and a lot of the time, it's referees being swayed by where they are. And that that stadium yesterday, with the fans right up for it, if you give that goal, then you if you don't do it, don't interfere, and you let the goal go ahead and let VAR check it, and they say yeah, it's fine, then you walk out of there and you are getting the, the almighty load of shit thrown at you. Not physically, hopefully, but but verbally, mentally, emotionally. I don't think he wanted. To, I don't think he wanted that. I don't think he wanted to be in a position where he's the man that's taken this huge win away from Aston Villa and put them in a, put them in a position where theoretically they're in a title race. I don't think he wants that um, because I don't see from the position that he's at on the on the pitch with the camera angle that we can see. I don't see how he sees anything. I really, really, really don't. And to me. The absolute logical thing to do in that situation, because I don't know any, unless you've got the most incredible superhero vision in the world, which Jared Gillett does not have, I don't see how you see that incident on the field and know for sure either way. So surely in that situation, the logical conclusion is to go, okay, I'm going to let the goal stand because there's nothing that I can see to rule it out and we'll have a look at it. That's the only thing you can do. You have to let them have, the VAR is there for a reason. We talk about it re-refereeing, but it is there for a reason to have another look when the referee isn't sure. And it, that and, and that comes straight on to the the thing that I that pisses me off the most is the inconsistencies week in, week out. Like you go back to the first two, three weeks of the season when people were getting booked for taking mm-hmm. ten seconds for a throw in, well it was twenty one seconds for us or something away at Palace. Mm-hmm. And then I'd I'd love to know how long Emmy Martinez had the ball in his arms for last game. It's, and it's the the other the, the other inconsistency is you go back to the Manchester derby. I think um, a, a United player pulled down Rodri in the box and it gave City a penalty. And it, in no way was that any worse than what one of the Luton players did to Gabriel mm-hmm. in the last game. Yeah, it's just decide something. And stick by those rules, stick by those standards the whole season. Exactly. Because it. because if they if they going back to the time wasting stuff, if they had have sticked with that the whole season, fair fucks to them. Genuinely, yeah. if that's speeding up the game, if it's getting the ball in play more, fair play to them. By the end of the season, we'll have a lot faster game. Yeah. But they just don't stick to it. They don't no, stick they don't. to these. Like you can say it's subjective, but the standards are always changing. So that. The subjectivity of that ruling is mm-hmm. going is going to change throughout the season. It's because they they move the, the subjectivity doesn't exist does not exist when you haven't got a base mark and there is no base mark because they check they they decide week on week what the base mark is and the, and, the, and 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 the the bar is lowered every single week every single week the bar is lowered 
okay, you know, this bloke, it was Tommy Asu taking 21 seconds. It wasn't even Tommy Asu, but he was the bloke who got sent off for it. Um, you know, he got a yellow card for that and uh, taking 21 seconds over throwing. You see it every week now and no one's getting booked for it. No one's getting booked for taking 21 seconds over throwing. No one's doing that. No one wants that, by the way. No one wants to be booked. No one wants any players to be booked for taking 21 seconds over throwing. Just add the time on at the end. That's what you do. No one wants to see players sent off. There's no consistency because there's no subjectivity because there's no base mark. And they keep changing it every week. And you're right. You'll see it. I challenge anyone. God help you if you do this. But over over the period of a week, <laughs> watch every single Premier League game over a week period. Right. Take a week off work. Record all the games and watch them one after the other. And you watch how much consistency there is. And there is none. There is no consistency. And and and, and then what's the point then? So what, what, what are we all doing? And it's just stupid. And, and the goal, you know what? I'm not even, I'm not even, and it might not sound like it, but I'm not even that frustrated about the goal. The, the fact for me is that the referee gives it, despite the fact there is, there, there cannot be, there must be less than a 1% chance that he sees it clearly enough to call it. We're in an age now where you've got someone sitting in a room miles away with 16 camera angles a 60-inch screen in front of him, and three people around him advising him. Go, let it, let him decide. If you cannot be Absolutely. sure, like the whole um, certain pundits on Sky Sports, whatever they're like, oh, we don't want we don't want games to be re-refereed. I'm like, no, I want a game where the decision's right and it's the most informed. To me, to me, that that the goal seems like the absolute reason VAR was brought in, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the process should surely, 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 surely be, especially in the 94th minute of a, of a game, a crucial game, let the goal go in, say, that's one all, but we're checking it. There's no reason for the bloke on the... Because you know when, the, when, he, when you've got a situation where it's touch and go and no one can really tell whether it's a handball or not, you know for a fact that the, whatever the, the, the on-field referee's decision was is going to be what the VAR says is a fine. They're not going to challenge that. If you can't tell, just like the Newcastle goal. The Newcastle goal was given against, and I'm sorry to keep going back to it, but it's true. The Newcastle goal was given by the on-field referee, and the VAR can't tell if it's not a goal. Therefore, they allow the goal. So why didn't that happen again yesterday? Why Why is the on-field referee gone, oh, I'm, I'm ruling that goal out? Let, it, let them have a look. And if there's something seriously, seriously wrong, if there's an obvious handball that you've missed, they will tell you. But let them have a look. Mm. And, 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 and that's what I don't get, is you, you've got the system there, let it be used. Now, the, 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 the argument to this, weirdly, is an argument from the same game, whereby he didn't know, he let the VAR have a look, and they still got the wrong decision, because there is no way in Christ's name that that isn't a penalty on Gabriel Jesus. Mm. It, is, it, it is a penalty. I, 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 and, yeah, I... I <laughs> You can't win because you let the VAR look and they still somehow get it wrong. You don't let the VAR look and you get the wrong decision no matter what. It's bizarre, but I, 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 I'm sick to death of, of close games, close, tight games between two really good sides. And next week it won't be us. Next week it'll be some other, some other team that will, that will be in a hard-fought game and they'll be fighting for their life. It'll be Villa some stage in the season. You, you you watch it get to March and Villa are still somehow in a chance. You know the, the top three they're in with a shout of winning the league, pulling off the, the incredible feat of Aston Villa winning the league title. You get to March and they'll get a goal ruled out, 
or a goal given against them for something that makes no sense whatsoever. And there'll be outrage, and there's outrage every single week. But nothing changes. There's, nothing changes, and it's not just us, and it's not a conspiracy corruption thing. It is a problem. And everyone loses. Yeah, no one's winning from this. I mean, I, I watched Liverpool and Palace yesterday, and, and Palace had a bloke sent off, and it was... For the for two what? softest yellow cards two, ever. Just leave it. Mm. They, there was no need for him to be sent off for those. There's a ridiculous rule that VAR can't check yellow cards and can't check second yellow cards. It's ridiculous. I don't know whose decision that is, but that needs looking at. And you've got a bloke like Roy Hodgson who loves this game enough to still be working in it at the age of 193. And he comes out after the game and says, you know what, I won't miss football when it's done. I won't miss football. because And, and the reason is because of the refereeing and the VAR standards. That's what that, This bloke has devoted his life to this game. He doesn't need to be managing at the age of what he actually is, which is, what, 70, 74, 75 or something? He doesn't need to be doing this. You, know, you guarantee people like Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger, if VAR was about and this standard of refereeing was about, they wouldn't have lasted as long as they did. Well, that's no it. You've got, you've got the famous Wenger quote from back in the day when he said, when I die, I'm going to ask God where the referees go because I, <laughs> I go the other place. Yeah. yeah. But he knew, he knew ahead of time. He knew, he knew back then. He was the smartest man in football for the rest of time. Will be Arsene Wenger because he knew he knew it, and 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 I'm I feel stupid because I was one of the people who watched time after time after time these poor decisions, refereeing decisions happen, and I I was sat there and I went, yes, we should have VAR. VAR will change everything because they will be able to come to a conclusion, especially for offsides and things like that, where it's completely objective. There's no uh, completely subjective. There's no objectivity in it. It is it is obvious what the decision is we will have stop having these debates and somehow we have more now and I, I i i gary lineker went on match the day and said he was wrong about var and i was wrong as well because it's just made things worse it's mm. just made things worse and you've got these games these vital games and and they're being and they're being completely decided by the whims of whoever's sitting in a room in stockley park and that's it and it's bizarre to me it is bizarre that we that we are as a, as a football fan community allowing it to happen. And what's crazy is I'll probably be sitting here in a few weeks and one bad thing will happen to Spurs and I'll be laughing my arse off and I'll be saying, well, well no, you know, happens. And I, I shouldn't be doing that because we should all stand there and say this is r- ridiculous. We all pay massive amounts of money to watch this game. You get, how much, if you want to watch games on Sky, it costs a fortune just to watch the games on telly these days, let alone go to them pay for a train ticket, pay for a ticket to the game, buy a scarf, buy a pie, buy a programme, all this stuff. And for what? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because whether you're in the stadium or you're sat at home on your sofa, some bloke in a warehouse in fucking Slough is actually deciding what the game is all about. And I don't, I don't see the point anymore. Anyway, second in the league. <laughs> but come on, tell me now. I, I, and, and no, you, no, I'm, I'm laughing, but that was just... That you, was, you are genius. You're more of a. You are far more reserved and considered than I am. And actually, you, you, you are my compass when it comes to these things, <laughs> Jack. I will. I'll be honest with you because you have, have this incredible ability to be able to look at things. And I, don't, I think I can't do this. I will never be able to do this. And 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 it's one of my biggest flaws. I, you have the, you have the ability to be able to look at things without the Arsenal tinted glasses on, right? And not all the time, but more than I can and more than most people can, I would say, right? The goal 
I'll give you, you know what, if you don't know, you don't know. My main issue with the goal is that the ref somehow ruled it out. I don't know how he did, but he did. But if the VAR can't tell, then fine, go with the on-field decision. The Jesus one, I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind. Because I don't see in what world, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't look at it and see a world in which someone who knows football looks at that and goes, nah, it's not a pen. So... To, to keep it brief, to stop you from, stop your eyes from twitching and you putting your hair out. <laughs> if the Havertz goal happened against us and it didn't get given, yeah. I'd obviously be fucking buzzing, but I'd have a lot of sympathy yeah, because it's such a minuscule marginal call to make and like we could, we could, we could go and talk about the the handball rule and all that but it is it's such a tiny tiny margin i would i think fucking hell we got away with one there mm. and i think i think villa fans i'd hope villa fans would kind of think that way mm -hmm. but then the the gabby jesus penalty if that happened against arsenal if that was gabriel swinging a leg and it catches someone's ankle and because that's the thing as well, he doesn't just catch his ankle. Because of the way his foot's going, he actually drags his leg back as well. Mm -hmm. He like hook, hooks onto his ankle. But it's like, how is that not a penalty? It's, it, it's, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's stone wall, but it is definitely a penalty. Yeah. I, and um, I can't, and I can't... I, if that happened, it, like if, it's, it, that's something I can see Granite Xhaka doing. Y yes, and has. And yeah, yeah, and yeah, and how that, how that wasn't a penalty, I don't know. But you just well the thing for me is there's a lot of narrative around and, and Arteta is and uh, you know he the, the his outrage and the subsequent statement after the Newcastle game has now played into this whole narrative of who we are as a club, what our fans are as as, as supporters and what he is as a manager, which is this sore loser can't accept when you've been beaten thing. We've lost two league games this season, right? Newcastle one nil at St James's Park by what can only be described as the fucking. I mean, I've never that was the most number of checks on one goal I've ever seen. Okay, and we were told that it, it couldn't be, it couldn't rule out the goal because it was inconclusive. And Bruno Guimaraes assaulted. Jorginho in the middle of the pitch, off the ball. Oh, that's the Diego Carlos. Well, that's the that's other night. one. Oh yeah, my god, I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Right, <laughs> so that was the first loss. We lost. We lost having. Ha they should have had a player sent off in the first. No, we're half. not going to. We're not going to spend this whole podcast talking about VAR, guys. I promise. I promise. Yeah, well, we will move on in a sec. But that, that was it. The first game, goal. That probably, you know, if you can't be conclusive about it, fine. But a goal that probably should have been ruled out, and a bloke who should have been sent off in the first half. And the second game we've lost, 1-0 away at Villa Park, due to um, their goal was brilliant. I'm not going to say there was anything wrong with that. But due to our goal in the last minute not being given, even though it can't be any, more it can't be any less inconclusive than the Newcastle one, we should have had a penalty. And also, Diego Carlos assaulted Nketiah in the middle of the pitch. I don't know if the game would have changed. I think we, we were already 1-0 down at that stage. It was, you know, there was only a quarter of an hour, 10 minutes left. But you don't know. The point is you don't know how these games turn. And a red card could have changed everything, much like it did for Liverpool at Palace yesterday. 
And I, I, the, the Carlos one is, 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 is probably the worst of the lot of them. It's the least consequential in terms of the result of the game, but it's the, it's the worst of them all because who, who sees that and decides it's not a red card? Well, that's the thing. The, the thing that shocked me was that the Lino's seen it, so the referee's given a yellow card. Yeah. So how they then haven't seen that, and he looks across at Agetia, and I'm not at all saying he means to elbow him, but he does. He does do it, yeah. He yeah, does. He, does. He, th- he throws his arm up and elbows the guy in the face. Yeah. Is, and he, I is... think, uh, uh, like like what I'd say with with anything like this, if that's Gabriel on somebody else, I can say, oh, he didn't mean to, oh, it's it's one of them. But at the end of the day, he has elbowed someone in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. if that happened to us, I'd be obviously pissed off. But could I have any complaints really? Because it's by the book that yeah. if you elbow someone in the face, that's that. Well, the thing is, is I, I agree with you. I don't think he deliberately goes to elbow. And again, we will move on. But I don't think he deliberately goes to elbow him in the face. But he clearly does try and do something to stop him breaking, stop him making the run, and subsequently elbows him in the face whether on purpose or not i just don't know i don't i don't know and what's bizarre is because of the narrative around the newcastle game is that you know and basically the entire season's been absolutely not just with us has been littered with these ridiculous bizarre unexplainable var decisions you know you think about the liverpool at spurs when they didn't they didn't check it or they bollocks it up in the var room and all these things went wrong first week of the season wolves and man united right at the end of that game all the it, it, it's so common now that we're not, they're not even looking at it anymore. They've given up on that match officials mic'd up TV show that Michael Owen and Howard Webb did for, what, three times? Because there's, what's the point? You'd have to do it for an hour every week. Also, so, the editorial decision of putting Michael Owen on that. Oh, fucking, I don't want to go into that. That's a podcast for a whole other day. You need a VAR check on that, Jesus really. Christ. I mean, good God. Um, He's got yeah. a fucking good agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should get him in touch. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> see what we can do. Um... Uh, but yeah, the, the the thing is, is because it's so common now, people are actually kind of bored by this VAR shit because it comes it comes around every week. I so, hate talking about it because it just same. files right into the narrative of Arsenal are sore losers. Yeah, um, Arteta's a sore loser. All this, all that. I I hate it. But it should be after yesterday, after that game, it should be primarily well done, Villa, because they're a really good side. No matter they didn't, they're not the referee. You know, a, it's not their really, fault. Mm, it, it was a really good. I think it was a really interesting game of football to watch. The way Villa played their really high line and the way that we were trying to figure out how to get past it. And it was yeah. a really good, it was a really close, tight game with two very different tactical approaches. Yeah. And yet again, like what's always happening is VAR steals the headlines. The referee wants to take the headlines. That's it. And there should be, there sh- the narrative should not be, oh, here comes Arteta moaning again. It should be, look at this brilliant game between two brilliant teams that in the end was probably decided by a bloke in a shed in Stockley Park. And that's 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 what the narrative should be. But because people are so bored of this VAR conversation happening every week, through no fault of their own, I'm bored of it too, it doesn't get mentioned anymore. It's like, well, you know what, Arsenal, deal with it. And that's not how it should be. So uh, anyway, the point is this. VAR, is, uh, I'm f- sick of it. The, the Jesus one was a penalty for me. The goal could go either way, but I don't understand how the referee's seen it. And it should have been a red card on Carlos. But other than that, I think the referees had a great game and <laughs> uh, and well done to them. They talk about the football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That game now leaves us second. Yeah. Uh, a point behind Liverpool, uh, a point ahead of Villa, 
and three points ahead of City in fourth after they beat Luton today. Yeah. And if I'm honest, I don't think I don't think that table for us personally, I don't think that table lies. Because I don't think we've played incredibly well all season. So the fact that we were top, I was we we've talked about this. I I was quite surprised by Yeah, same. Because I we've been nowhere near as good as last season. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been a lot different to last season. Very different, yeah. And I can't argue with us being second at the minute. No, I it's agree. it's it's quite tight up there. I from the start of the season, I was thinking it was going to be City, Liverpool, and us, kind of fighting for the top. And Fairfax to Villa, they're having a great season. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder where where we go from here because mm-hmm. we're obviously not playing the attacking football that we want to be no uh, I was watching some TIFO video the other day and we've only scored I think like 16 goals from open play or something as low as that yeah which does feel low obviously we need to do something different and but I don't know what that different is because obviously Arteta's become obsessed with control we are defensively so much better mm. so much better you know like just comparing our game against Villa last night to the Villa game against City, Villa played him off the park, had 22 shots on goal. Yeah. We were the better team last night. Yeah. And should have won that game. I think the XG was 1.56 to us to 0.5-odd to Villa. Yeah, we were the best. So obviously defensively, we've, we've gone on strides, but I just wonder how we get that cutting edge back in the final third. I think um, I think my, my main takeaway from it is... I, I... <laughs> We we actually looked probably better attacking wise yesterday than we have for a lot of the season. Genuinely, I think we we moved the ball well up top. We created lots of half chances. We got ourselves in good positions. I think Martinelli had a rough game, um, and he had a rough game. Even though actually, when he went off, we looked probably less likely to score. It was his runs in behind that gave us the opportunities. Saka didn't play particularly well either, and Jesus wasn't much of an attacking threat either. Uh, even though he he did well when he was on the on the pitch, what what has surprised me is uh, Kai Havertz. Yeah, I mean, like Havert- we, we 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 didn't write him off, but we we said before the Luton game, games away at Luton, away at Villa, probably aren't Kai Havertz games. Yeah. But in both of those games, he's been one of our best players. He has, and he was he was willing to have a fight as well at the end, which I really liked. Yeah. And and I always say, you know, if you're um if you're if you're going to be a title winning squad, you've got to have you've got to have five. You've got five players in the side who are going to have a punch up, and he's he's on he's in my five now. He's gonna he, yeah. he was ready to punch Emmy Martinez in the eye last night, which mm-hmm. was great. So he was good, but I think I don't think I, honestly I'm not worried about us attacking attacking. I think it's it's starting to click, and I think you know yesterday on another day, if if you can sign Erling Haaland on on a one game loan, we probably score four or five yesterday. I genuinely believe that. I think you need someone mm. more clinical, and on another day we win that three one. I, I I really mean that, and and I know I was I was the main um, person on here saying how worried I was for us attacking wise uh, earlier in the season, but I think we progressed, and I think we looked better yesterday, and we scored four at Luton, which is no easy which is no easy feat either. So from an attacking point of view, I think we need to just we if we play like we did yesterday every game from an attacking standpoint, we'll be fine. Um, but we yeah. just need to put more of those chances away. That's how I see it. But then that, but then that's the question that I'm posing to myself, and I'm really battling the answer with. It's just like if we want to win this league, do we have to win games like that? 
do we need to get the goals to win games like that? You know what I mean? I think I, I, yes and no. I think I think this year it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot tighter. I don't think you know. And City may well go on a fifteen game winning streak and win it by 10, 10 points again. But I genuinely think it will be a lot tighter this year. I think teams like Newcastle and Villa at their you know away games against those sides that's no easy game for anyone anymore. It just isn't. The way I'm choosing to look at this week is okay, and, I, and the, the reason I say this is because I still think at the end of the year, if anyone finishes above Man City, they will win the league. I still think, as well as Liverpool are doing, I think if anyone finishes above Man City, they'll win the league. So I'm choosing to place our results alongside Man City's instead of alongside anyone else's. For me, we've just got to finish above Man City. So this week, they went to Aston Villa away and Luton away, and they came away with three points. We did two. So... It's disappointing because we're not top of the league anymore. It's nice to be top of the league. We all love it when we're top of the league. But we spent most of last season top of the league and then fucked it at the end. If we're second, even third, if we're within two points, three points, even four or five points of Man City come February, we're in it for me. Things might change. I don't know. And we might go on a terrible run now. We've got Brighton next week and then Liverpool things can change but for me we have to measure ourselves against Man City Liverpool will do what they do but much like I was worried about our late winners being unsustainable theirs are too they're not going to get a late winner every week they're just not so for me keep going we've got Brighton next week in Liverpool if we come away with four points from that I'm happy with that going into Christmas and we go from there that's all we can do really so yeah, I'd like us to be more clinical when we go forward, but um, but I'm not worried. I saw I, if we'd gone if we'd gone yesterday and got battered, I'd be more worried. But we didn't. We out, you know, we did outplay them for most of the game. On that light note, it uh, brings us to a close of this episode of Fucking Great. Thank you very much for listening. If you've made it this far, me and Tom ranting about BAR. It's a dead rubber against PSV up next for Arsenal, uh, and then we've got. A game at home to Brighton next Sunday so keep your eyes peeled for podcasts reacting to both of those if you need any of our details they'll be in the description down below or just search for fucking great wherever you get your podcasts from drop us a like drop us a rating if you like if you don't like it tell us why five stars we're, we're not fragile it's fine <laughs> <laughs> did have a five star review from a Tom Kayark uh, come through this yeah. week Tom. I don't know where that came from <laughs> thank you very very much for listening and we will speak to you next time see you later